What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Ubiquitous Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Manns. Very excited tonight to do this uh, episode with one of my close, close friends. This dude almost died on me, man. And he came back to life. I'm very grateful that he's still here. And we've been friends for years. He lives in a whole nother state. Um, but so we're recording this on, on Zoom. I apologize for the audio. It's probably a little choppy, but uh, we'll get through it. And it's COVID, so y'all are just going to have to deal with it. But have some really good content, some really good questions to ask him. And uh, without further ado, he's going to walk into his his little seat, his little throne, and he's going he's gonna to chop it up with us. Uh, this is my good friend, Ross Palmer. What's up, Ross? What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just really wanted to get you on this podcast for a long time. Um, I've been trying to do guests, more guests. And yeah, it's just friends, but uh, I think you got to start with the people you know, right? And then branch out after that. But there's a lot to be learned from people who are in your circle. Um, so I wanted sure, to bring you on sure. here and just kind of go through some questions like I have in the past with other people um, and just kind of talk about our experiences growing up together and just different things um, because I think it is valuable to hear from other people. Um, and I talk a lot now, so it's like I need other people to be talking, you know. Um, yeah, man. How you doing I, over there I, in Idaho, man? Sure. How you doing over there? I'm, I'm great, man. I'm great. First, uh, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, things are going good over here. Life is good. Oh, good. Life is good. Like, I, I take that back. Life is great. I Life mean, is great. Considering the the state the world is in right now. It's, yeah. It's good. I mean, we can actually just start talking about this a little bit just because it is like we've all been going through it for months now and we all probably thought it was going to be a temporary type of thing, but it keeps getting extended and it's literally affecting all of our lives. So it's like, how, how has COVID been for you? Um, for me personally, it's been fine. I haven't really had to deal with anything. Um, I mean, with my work, there was a point where I was working from home for three months. So I, that's pretty much about it. It's, yeah. I mean, with family members, um, I mean, we can get more into that later, but, um, it's getting rough out there for some family members. Um, my thoughts and prayers are with them. hundred yeah. percent. Feel you. Um, yeah, working from home has been kind of like a thing that a lot of people have been doing because of it. Um, I don't know, man, hopefully it goes away, but this is what the world we live in right now. And we're just adapting and we got to figure it out. Um, but I kind of want to just tell you guys, you know, the beginning of how me and Ross kind of became friends when we met and just kind of like a little more background about him. So you get to know him a little more. Um, so when we first met Ross, we met in middle school, right? Correct. Yeah. Do you remember how we met? No. Bro, I think we were just like, I think we were just at like recess one day and, uh, or lunch or whatever you want to call it. And like I played sports. So like Ross played sports, but he didn't play for us. Like he played for Pocatello, like another place. 
because he was too good for us, right? You know? Yeah. But uh, right. these gas prices. These I'm pretty guys, sure man. I was introduced to you by some of the guys that played football, and then we kind of just hung out at lunch, and then before I knew it, you became one of my best friends, and we would always do fun shit together. Um, and I lived right across the street from the middle school, so during <laughs> lunch and shit, we would go over there, play video games, whatever. I'd whoop that ass in Madden. Whatever. I would get so pissed off. (laughs) You would beat my ass at Madden. Yeah. We were young kids just uh, doing it, man. I mean, to be fair, when we'd be playing that Madden 04, I know we were using that Mike Vick. Yeah. Yeah. Basic cheat code right there. Yeah. Damn. That was a long time ago, but it was fun. But we really like connected through sports, I think. Like we played basketball together. And our team was like, it was all right. We had some good players, but I don't know. We probably could have done better in middle school, I think. But we had fun. I know we had fun as a group. Like we were, we would just have fun on the bus rides and like all kinds of stuff, man. But uh, we stayed friends throughout all middle school. Where we, where we, where we bonded the most was the love of basketball. Yeah. For sure. Like that time in our lives, we, that's like all we cared about was hooping, um, which was great. Um, but anyways, we went to freshman year of high school together in a town called American Falls, Idaho. Um, it was interesting. I had a fun time there, but you guys got kicked off the basketball team as freshmen for some petty stuff, but I was like the only one left standing, man. Me, who Mason was, who else played? Like, was it Jordan? I can't even remember. Um, Just some people that we were friends with. And Mason. Yeah. But, anyways, yeah, Ross couldn't play basketball freshman year, and that sucked. Um, I would have loved to play with you in high school, man. I think if we would have played, like, played together in high school I don't know if I would have became like more I think I would have became more of a basketball player than a football player to be honest like I think if me and you would have like played on teams together we probably would have became like a one-two punch man like that's just how I envisioned it at least but it never got to happen I think I think hold on my uh my dogs keep interrupting um I think kind of backtrack back a little bit to middle school. Um, like we were decent in middle school, like you said. Um, I think it was because we were bigger than most kids. And when we got to high school, all those kids got that we were beating up on got their growth spurts. Yeah. And yeah. Nah, for sure. <laughs> Anyways, so I moved away after my freshman year. Um, but me and Ross stayed in touch. We be, we we've been friends ever since. And uh, what year was it? Were you a junior or a senior when you had your your episode? I was a senior. Senior. So Ross's senior year, um, also my senior year. I was in a whole new school, whole new state. Uh, if you want to tell them your story, man, I would love to just have them kind of hear it from your perspective and what happened yeah man for sure um 
Well, a majority of it's a little fuzzy because, I mean, a lot like that. Basically, that whole day is pretty much blank. But um, from what I gather from friends, family, um, we were doing wind sprints. I believe it was August 27th. We were doing wind sprints at practice. It was a Tuesday. Um, so it was just a light practice, nothing major, just resetting for Friday. Um, it's the end of practice. And we had done a couple more wind sprints, like prior to the incident. And it was the last one. And everyone was just like, all right, this is the last one. If everyone can make it from one side of the football field to the other in, hell, I don't even remember the, the amount of time, but then we'd be done. So we start running, and all I remember is I had Michael Palacios in front of me, and he was running. He was leading the pack. And then we got to the other side, and then after that, it's just blank. And blank. from what I gather from him was I had turned around to come back and just collapsed. And so um, obviously everyone thought I was being a pussy, and – was yeah just exhausted from running which i mean it's not hard running it's light wind sprints and so he came over and he was like yelling at me to get up get up i wasn't moving he rolled me over and he said that uh that my eyes were in the back of my head like they had rolled back all he saw was whites and that's crazy he, uh, he just freaked out and started calling the coaches the coaches came over and um they started doing CPR on me. And what's crazy, I'm going to go off on a little bit of tangent a little bit, but um, I think the year before American Falls got a grant to have an AED installed. And for those of you that don't know what an AED is, it's an automated external defibrillator. It's there. You usually find them in the little red or white box on the walls. Um, yep. um, so they sent... <laughs> They sent one of the linemen and one of the, like the biggest coaches that we have. Uh, he was the lineman coach. We, they sent him to run in to go get it. And he got not a fast person, not a fast person, not a fast person. So he took a football player, another lineman. They ran into the school. Well, it's on the other side of the building. You got to mm -hmm. run in through the back, run down the hallway by the gym, cut through the commons. And then it's right there on the wall. By the time they got there to the wall, the coach was so gassed. He's like, I can't get back. I'm not going to make it. He's like, you got to take it. So he handed it off to him and he ran back down the hallway in his cleats, full gear, sprinting as fast as he could. And they, in, in the meantime, uh, one of our head coach, uh, Jason Qualls, he um, was able to get my pads. Off. I believe he got my pads off and my helmet. Um, he was doing CPR. He gave me mouth to mouth. Um, the football player was able to get the AD out to the coach. They put the pads on. Um, well, a little hazy, but they, um, he, it was re able to register. Like I wasn't, well, I did have a heartbeat, but it was beaten at over 200 beats per minute. So, Holy cow. um, yeah, so it administered administered a shock. Um, I don't think that it brought it back down, so it administered another. I don't know. 
like I said, it's kind of hazy, so um, the facts might not be right. But from what I gather is I was shocked twice. Um, the ambulance showed up. And all I remember is regaining consciousness in the back of the ambulance because they were ripping my clothes off. And um, they were doing other stuff, but then next thing I knew, I was out again. Um, it was a scary moment. Um, but I can tell you a little bit about what actually happened with me. So uh, I was diagnosed with ventricular tachycardia. So in layman's terms, layman terms, that just means your heart beats fast. Mm -hmm. um, so it gets to the point where your heart's pumping and it's, I mean, mine was over 200 beats per minute. So at the point it just wasn't pumping anymore. It was just pulsating. Yep. It just wouldn't. And so that's what the shock did. Brought it back down. Uh, after being in American Falls, I think I was in American Falls for a day. And then I got transferred to Portnoff Medical Center over in Pocatello. Um, and I went through a bunch of scans. I mean, hell, this was probably one to two days. You were in the hospital for a couple of days? Well, I was in the hospital for from the 27th through the 3rd of September. Okay. Yeah, so so I was, almost. I was in there week. for almost a week. Yeah. Um, but I got transferred to Pocatello. And then after that, I got transferred to Intermountain Medical Center in Salt Lake, where I underwent surgery. I had a ICD uh, implanted into my upper left chest right above my heart. It's right under the skin, right above the muscle. Mm -hmm. um, I have two leads that run into the bottom and the top ventricles of my heart. And that will monitor my heart rate, my heart, um, and basically pace me. It's like a pacemaker essentially. Yeah. But, um, if my heart beats too low, it'll pace it back up. If it gets too high, it'll pace it back down. And if it gets, to where I am in VTIB again, no, VTAC, uh, it'll deliver a shock. So it's crazy, man. So when all this happened to you and you were like, you know, laying in the hospital, what was like going through your mind? Like after the fact, you know, because like that's got to be probably one of the, at that point in your life, it was probably the scariest thing you'd ever been through. Uh, well, I mean, it wasn't scary. It was more like, you know, how amnesia, you kind of like, you don't remember what happened. Like, you're like, how did I get here? What yeah. happened? All I remember is like waking up in the hospital uh, in Pocatello. Like, I wasn't even awake for so just being more, in the more just like confusion then. You were just confused. Yeah, I was like confused. Like, what's confused. going on? Like, my chest hurt. It felt like I got hit by a bus. Damn. Um, like I, it was hard to breathe. I mean, those things pack a punch. And mm -hmm. at, my first thought was, did I get into a car? Like, did I pass out and get into in a, a car wreck on the way home? Car accident. Yeah. Yeah. Was I in a car accident? And they're like, no, like you <laughs> didn't even make it to football practice. And it's like, huh. shit. Like, and, yeah. um, kind of to expand on that a little bit. So when I got to, uh, Intermountain, they broke it down for me after a bunch of scans and stuff. They told me um, that I suffered from 
um, like the ventricular tachycardia, which is also known as um, SADS. So SADS is sudden arrhythmia death syndrome. It's more, it's the adult version of SIDS, basically. Um, mm-hmm. uh, was it Lakers? I don't know. Pete Maravich, who did he play for? I can't, was it the Jazz? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. But yeah, so Pete Maravich back in the 70s, that's what he died from. I believe it was the 70s. I don't know. Don't fact check me. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, he played for the Jazz. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, that's what happened. That's how Pete Maravich died. Um, I mean, it's not a well-known... Well, I take that back. It is kind of well-known because after it happened to me, um, my mom was doing a bunch of research and she found like other student athletes mm-hmm. that this had happened to. Well, we're very glad that you're still here with us, man. Um, that would have, honestly, I was scared. I remember getting texts and phone calls when it happened. And like, even though we were, texted you? Eddie, Eddie texted me Eddie. first. Yeah. Um, even though we're like, far apart and you know we weren't really close like we couldn't be close friends anymore like I still cared about this guy and I was like I've lost people in my life so like I did not want to lose Ross um so I'm glad that he you know decided to fight and got his second chance at life and uh it's really like inspiring to me so there was some funny stuff that happened um so uh I mean, it's funny now, but in the moment, like, it's terrible. Like, no one, like, my mom. So, my mom's at home. She's cooking dinner. She knows I'm supposed to be home in the next hour or so. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, she gets a phone call from Justin, basically, saying, hey, like, you need to come to American Falls. Something happened to Ross. He's going to the hospital. And my mom's like, yeah, whatever. Quit playing. Put Ross on the phone. No, like... I'm dead serious. Like Ross is going to the hospital. Like something happened at football. He passed out. They don't know what's wrong with him. He's going to the hospital. My mom bailed out the house, left the stove on, <laughs> left the front door wide open, and drove 20 miles to the hospital. That's motherly love, man. Yeah. And like, I can't imagine what was going through her mind. Nah. Nobody wants those phone calls, man. Nah. Parents don't want those phone calls. Um, that's crazy. But the good news is, is you made it through all that. And, you know, your story is far from over. So you've done a lot since all that happened. And uh, you're going to continue to do a lot. So yeah, it's funny. Like, I mean, this was 2011. Yeah. No, I can't do that. Who am I kidding? It would have been 2011. Because it would have been that fall. Cause we graduated in 2012. So yeah. So nine, yeah. So nine years later, fall of 2011, nine years later, I still run into people and like who I've never met. They've never met me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, Oh, they asked me about my life and all this stuff. And like, that's kind of what they know you for. Right. Well, like not even that. So like, ah, uh, like I met a couple, couple guys a few weeks ago where they're like, they went to American Falls, but they're much older than me. And mm-hmm. um, the people I was with, they're like, oh, yeah, this is Ross. This is the football player that, that almost died. And they're like, mind blown. Like, that was you? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. And so, so I'm, 
always giving the rundown and they're like, Oh my God, like I heard about that. This shit was crazy. Yeah. All right, man, let's, uh, let's kind of transition a little bit. So after all that happened, kind of what, 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 what was the next phases in your life? Because I know you, you left American Falls and you went to Boise, right? After that, once you graduated yeah, for a time so, being. So, yeah, so pretty much my, after that happened, I had surgery. I, and this was before the, my senior year even started. We were, I think school started on the 7th or after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. And um, I was laid up in a sling for three months, couldn't drive, couldn't sleep in my own bed. Like I had to tie myself down at night because I had to wait for scar tissue to build up. Um, I couldn't play football anymore. Um, I actually, I couldn't play any sports at all. How was that like mentally? Uh, very depressing. Uh, I mean, something you've grown up doing your entire life since. Yeah. Ross has been an athlete basically ever since I had known the kid, he's been a great athlete and he probably could have played in college, either basketball or football. Um, probably even had a chance at D one. So that being torn away from somebody like there's gotta be a huge mental mental blow and like i i felt bad for you man um but i think you you kept it positive even through all that yeah um so i basically like the senior year uh through football season it was it was rough um i mean we had a legit team Uh, Mm -hmm. came up short right there in the semifinals but i mean it happens to the best of us um but basically I was going into, I wasn't even allowed to play basketball. And like, you know, when you're taught, when you're a kid, you're taught, if you want to play sports, you got to keep your grades up. Mm-hmm. Well, I ain't got sports. What's the point of me keeping my grades up? So, I mean, I've been to, I wouldn't say like a deep depression, um, but I, I was depressed. I basically refused to, doing any schoolwork like I just did the least amount possible to get by yeah and I would just come home and I'd just sit down and play xbox for hours I mm-hmm. just wouldn't do anything I wouldn't leave my room wouldn't do anything and my mom's like something's up decided my mom's like we're gonna go to the doctor and mm-hmm. so we went to the doctor and she was just like I don't know what you gotta do to make this kid allow this kid to play basketball but like he hasn't left his room in like months. Like he needs something. And they're like, well, if it's okay with your mom, like we'll allow you to play basketball. My mom's like, yes. And so Mm -hmm. they let me play basketball. So I was able to play basketball. Um, They told me I was gonna have to wear a chest protector in baseball. Like, and, but that never came to fruition. I kind of just said, I'm not gonna wear it. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna, keep playing and I'm going to protect myself the best that I can. So I pretty much just, I was able to finish my senior year playing sports. Um, after I graduated, um, I think a week after I graduated, I moved straight to Boise, um, moved in with my parent, my dad and my stepmom and started school at Boise State. How was Boise State? How was the atmosphere there? How was, how was that time in your life? 
it's crazy. Like coming <laughs> from a small town of, yeah. Like, granted, I lived in Pocatello, and I mean Pocatello is fifty thousand people, but I lived out in the country. Yeah. And. But we're talking. You're so, you're moving to the biggest city in I'm, Idaho, which is you know not very populated. So still going somewhere. I know, but going somewhere like Boise compared to American Falls is totally whole new environment. Night and day difference, dude. Yeah. And it's um it's just it's the city life, dude. Mm-hmm. Um I mean the city of Boise, I mean you see them in magazines. Number one, number two place to live in Idaho or in the US in the world. Well, okay. <laughs> in the US. In the US. Um in the US. Um but I mean just Boise State in general, the atmosphere is amazing like the people are nice the culture is mm-hmm. fantastic um the football games those are wild yeah the blue turf the smurf yeah, turf. Blue turf it's like a sight to see and that that boise state team was that program was amazing for so long and i mean they just i don't know man like i remember growing up watching them i, I grew up watching boise state and oregon man like i love both those programs and you know it's just crazy like i ended up going to oregon you went to boise state uh i wish you could have played football there basketball like i would have loved to see that for you um but hey things happen and you know sometimes like we make the most out of what happens so i think you still had a good time at boise state and you're still in school right trying to finish that up yes i'm still there (laughs) I saw this dude post on IG the other day, or I think his his wife posted it. It was uh, my first day or something. First day in 17th grade. 17th grade. <laughs> hey, better late than never, my friend. And uh, there's no you know, time. For those listening that are contemplating on whether or not they should go to college, there's no timeline. There's no I mean, timeline. I got, I got, there's no timeline. I got people in my class that are in their 70s. Yeah. And I mean, I honestly, like at, they were young. at 18 years old, I don't know. Like I've had this discussion, I think on the podcast before, kind of like at 18 to know what you want to do specifically, like it's not an easy answer for a lot of people. Um, and life is kind of funny because you have to try things out, see if you like it, and then you probably don't and you're going to change things up. And it's just, I don't know. I think it's a crazy thing to expect 18 year olds to kind of like map out the rest of their life because there's so much life, even like, man, like after 30, like your life is still just beginning type of thing. But that's just my two cents. Like what I'll say is if you don't know what you want to do, don't go to college. Mm Mm-hmm flat out because you'll it's just a waste of time because you'll and, spend and money. more money yep. yeah you'll waste time and money you'll get in debt you want to do student loans yeah. i got them student loans yeah and so what i what i suggest is finding a trade that you can get into whether mm-hmm. that be transportation welding electrical um, electrical whatever. like trades like find a trade school go to that and 
I mean, you could be making forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars without a can, college degree. Exactly. You can learn skills, and then if you decide later on, like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, you can go to college when you want to. When you finally figure out what it is you want to go to college for, right? Yeah. And you have a real yeah, plan, so, like a real so, laid out plan. Yeah. But, uh, so my first, I think I went to Boise State my first two years. Didn't know what I wanted to do. All I wanted, I was like, small town, big town parties all the time yeah i'm just gonna party i was like i don't need school basically flunked out and um ended up working i was working at a liquor store um my delivery driver <clears throat> my delivery driver he um he was like hey like if you want to make more money like i can get you a job helping me i was like okay like sure why not well yeah so i went on got hired on there I eventually worked my way up from being a lumper to a dock worker. I went and got my CBL and then I became a full-time driver and I was making $45,000, $50,000 at 21 years old. Mm -hmm. And then it got to the point where um, I was given an opportunity to go back to school and I kind of already knew what I wanted to do. Um, so, I mean, come 2018, like I hit the ground running, I went back to Boise State. I mean, when I came back, my GPA was a 1.7. And in three years, I've gotten it up to a 2.6 or something like that with yeah. my final year left. So, uh, chasing a 3.0. Let's go. I'm chasing, ah, dude, I'm trying to get that 3.0. <laughs> if I do get that 3.0, I'm highly contemplating doing the fast track program and just skipping the, what is that, the GRE or whatever you got to do for your master's because in uh -huh. the fast track program here, you can just, if you have a 3.0, when you graduate, you can just go straight into a master's program Yeah. and be finished two years after that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of on your, your horizon, maybe a master's degree. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of burnt out. I bet, man you've been in school a while but hey you're 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 almost there you're on like you're almost to the finish line um all right let's let's move on here i'm gonna ask you some questions and just see kind of what what your answers are see if we can get to know you a little bit better um so do you have any people who are like big influences in your life? Like it can be anybody. Um, and who who are they and why why do they influence you the way they do? Damn, I got to reach far back for this one. <laughs> um I'd probably say the first one would be Russell Wilson for sure. Yeah. I mean, just, he's just a God fearing family man. Yeah, man. Like he's everything. He's that, a, I he's mean, a, basically, he's basically like the model of what a professional athlete should be like, should strive the, to be. He's the model, like professional athlete that everyone sh should want to be like. He's, the father that everyone should want to be like he's the husband that everybody 
should mm-hmm. be like. So um, yeah. I think he's probably one of my biggest influences. And all the volunteer work he does, and like he's always volunteer at the work with the kids at the hospital. hospital. Yeah, yep. he's a great man. He was great at Wisconsin too. <laughs> he he was good in college, you know. And the Seahawks took a chance on him, you know, him being kind of a undersized quarterback, and he's paid dividends for them. Man, he's been All Pro. He's probably one of the top five players in the NFL, in my opinion. He's just been consistent too in his career. You know, he already has a ring, right? Should have two. Yeah, should have two, <laughs> but they made a terrible decision. Bad, bad play call. Beast mode's a little upset. If you guys haven't figured out either, Ross is a big Seahawks fan. He always has been since I met him. Go Hawks, baby. Yeah. You have anybody else? I mean, I know that your mom is one because. I just know you and your mom. So like, I know you love your mom to death and she's, oh, she's yeah, hilarious. A mama's boy, dude. Yeah. He's such a mama's boy, but his mom is, his mom's hella cool. So, so super nice. Like every time I've interacted with her, she's just the best. So I know your mom's I mean, got to be one of them. I'm sure. Like she always tells me that she reaches out sometimes just to see how you're doing. Yep. Yep. She still does. Okay. Let's see what else is on here. My, um, hold, on, hold on, I got, I got one more person. You got one more. I got one more. Oh, Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God. I. Okay. More on the lines of Charlemagne the God and Andrew Schultz. Andrew Schultz. Hey, he's got some good. Uh, Those guys. Good talking get points. Together, the, the one-two punch, dude. Mm. I cannot go a week without listening to their podcast like it it's just it's some of the dumbest shit that they talk about yeah. but i it's i love it you know what's kind of crazy bro is like to be honest like the person who really got me like listening to podcasts originally was this guy ross like when i came and visited him from oregon um he was always listening to podcasts driving and he's just like putting me on like i think you put me on the joe button podcast i listened to that a bunch I think he played one with Charlemagne the God. I don't know what it's called, but the he was always, yeah, he was always playing podcasts. And so that's kind of what piqued my interest into podcasting. And then I kind of just kept listening to more, more and more podcasts. And then I was eventually like, I want to do my own just as a hobby. And it's been, it's been great. It's been fun. But so you thank you for that, man. Is, no problem. And you know, what's crazy is I want to do my own podcast too. And like you should all the names I come up with, they're so stupid. Like you want to hear <laughs> one Go of ahead. my ideas. Go ahead. The, <laughs> it sounds so stupid just thinking about it. It's the the Dewey Decimal podcast. Oh, I think you told me this. Yeah. Yeah. The Dewey Decimal podcast. And Go like, for it, bro. I told one of my coworkers and he laughed at me for like 20 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, you're probably right. That's that's stupid. But I'm like, dude, it's still just, it sounds good. I mean, you can create whatever you want to create, man. I think we sh- we as humans should definitely create more. Like we, we need to always be creating. I think that like is a big thing. I mean, that's just the way I think now. But I don't know. If you want to do something, you got to try it out. You know, you have to try it out. You know, why why wait? What are you waiting for? 
right? If it's something you're interested in, you should just try it out. Yeah. All right, let's see here. So I want to talk a little bit about the last time I think, I don't know if it was the last time I saw you. No, I've seen you since then, I think. But when you came out and did the ride along with me, yeah, so that would have been last year. Last year. What was what were your thoughts on like that ride along? What are your thoughts on me being a cop? And kind of just because it's the the hot topic right now, what what are your thoughts on everything going on with the police brutality and the social injustice going on? Um, so what I thought about your ride along was I mean, there's really not much to think about. Like it was is it what you expected? First, yeah. Like, so, I mean, it's not the first ride along that I've been, a lot, been yeah. on. Um, it's, I'm sure it's certainly not my last. Uh, uh-huh. But, I mean, it was everything I expected, um, <laughs> except for the night shift part. Yeah, yeah. You were struggling, yeah, bro. <laughs> I think we it had McDonald's like, breakfast that morning. Right? Yeah, we had McDonald's, McDonald's breakfast. We literally sat in a speed trap and ate egg McMuffins for like 20 minutes Yeah, at like 5.30 in the morning. Yeah, it was freaking Right before the rough. end of the shift. Yeah. Um, and as far as you being a cop, like, I have no qualms against it. Like, you do you, babe. Yeah. Um, uh, if I'm being honest, being a cop is probably like, has been like my dream job for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, you just want to carry a gun. It's like, no, like, no. Uh, to touch on this um, social injustice and police brutality, it's like, I'm an African American male. I don't know, it's hard for me to like talk about this just because of everything that's going on and all this stuff. And like, to me, like it's it hurts yeah i know that i i mean not necessarily not necessarily me can go out there in any day and have a police encounter and possibly get shot just because of the color of my skin because they think that i have a weapon or yeah i'm out there to hurt them i mean i was talking with a friend a couple weeks ago where he he's in his 40s he grew up in miami florida Mm-hmm. in the 70s and the 80s and so i mean police brutality racial and so racial and social injustice has been a part of his life since the 80s for like decades for me, growing up in pocatello idaho where i mean there's still racism and there's just inequalities everywhere but just growing up in a town like that like i was never exposed to it you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah. So like it's hard for me to I wouldn't say pick a side, but that's essentially what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like I understand what the police have to go through every day, the people they interact with and the potential dangers that they have in their daily lives. Yeah. And then on the other side being a black male, it's it's tough. For sure. No, man, I think uh, 
everything going on, it's tough in my position because I'm just, I don't know, my perspectives and the environments I've been exposed to, it's just a hard thing because I don't know. I just, I, I'm kind of like you, like I understand both sides. So it's hard to, and I'm literally on one side, right? But it's like, I want to be on both sides, you know, but I'm literally forced to be on one side because that's what I do for a, a livelihood, right? Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It's It's been really conflicting times for me. And the more things keep happening, the more I struggle with it in my head at times. But uh, I think at the end of the day, like, I think we just need to, think we just need to love each other realize that we're all humans we're all doing the best we can and just keep trying to do that and uh i think the media misconstrues things blows things out of proportion quickly and it can it can mess with the entire the entire thing because people react to what they see instead of like cold hard facts but i mean we don't have to get into this super deep because i don't think it's like it's just, I could talk, we could talk about it for hours, you know, so. But anyways, what were you going to ask? Were you going to ask something? Uh, well, I was going to ask, I was like, what? I'm trying to articulate the question. What, when you're going up to a car, like what is running through your mind when you get up to the window? So when I'm going up to a car on any traffic stop or whatever, I'm treating it as if at any moment things could go bad. But I also like read situations. Like you read people's body language, you read like their behavior. I don't look at people and look at the color of their skin. And I'm, I don't get fearful because it's, something that I don't know. Like, I don't care. Like I'm more concerned about their behavior and my communication with them is going to tell me everything. So when I talk to them, I can gauge where things are headed usually, right? Some people are sly. Some people are slick and you may not be able to read it as much, but like you also have like, you know, your spidey senses, like things that just stand out, like it's just weird. Like if I get uncomfortable, like I'm not getting a good vibe from this guy. Yeah. If I get uncomfortable, you know, I can sense that. But at the end of the day, man, the biggest thing for me is using my voice, using my communication with people, the way that I treat them, usually everything's all good because I'm treating them with respect, you know, and we don't have any issues. I really haven't had any major issues dealing with people and I think it's mainly just because of the way I talk to them. And maybe it's because I have a bunch of perspective and experience being around lots of different types of people. Maybe I'm just better at that. I don't know. But like, that's the way I look at it. Anyways. Yeah. And like, so you know how George Floyd, um, after he was killed, um, and all the riots started happening all this stuff and they were saying one man can change the world yep. and like change the world he did yes why can't like so me like wanting to be a police officer like 
that was my dream job. Mm-hmm. So why can't I be the guy to change the world from the other side? I think it's tough because the system that it's built on is kind of set up for, for failure. Um, I think the overall system itself is the problem broken. It's broken. But then I've also heard people say that it's not even broken. It's just the way that it was built. It's set up for this. Like it's not broken. It's like people literally want it to be this way, which set it up to fail. I mean, I don't know, man. It's hard because you sit there and you wonder how you can change it as one person and you don't know where to start, but it's like, I think just talking about it with people that are in your life is the the best place to start. Right. And having discussions, having those tough conversations um, and just being more like open to learning about what other people are feeling Um, because a lot of people are closed off. A lot of people you know, they have their, they're set in their ways or whatever. And you just have to have an open mind, I think, and just be understanding because like, I can't know what it feels like to be you like, and be in your skin and wake up every day in America and not knowing if you're going to, you know, go to bed at night. Right. Because you might get, you might be contacted and for whatever reason, the officer who contacts you doesn't have that, that ability to just read situations or like maybe they're fearful because they've never seen, they've never been around black people. Like, I don't I will, know. I dude. will uh, play a little bit of devil's advocate, um, but how you mentioned, you don't know what it's like to be me. Yeah. And it's like, at the same time, I don't know what it's like to be you, like as a police officer. Yep. So it's like, yeah, like you got to do your job. So you wake up, that might not be, you might not come home that night. Exactly. And it's the same for both sides. So it's like, you kind of got to figure out how to come together. Yep. But I don't know, we're probably talking circles around this. but We are, but we got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to be done, but I think, you know, things are starting to wake up a lot of people and just it's definitely becoming a well-known issue. And so hopefully this next election, some things happen. Um, You know, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing and just, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, life, life is funny. Life takes you on all sorts of journeys. So I'm going to stay open to things and just keep trying to do the best I can. But, uh, Get out and vote, people. Get, Get out, out and vote. vote, for sure. Don't just I, say both parties are trash. Yeah. Even if you got to put yourself on the ballot, vote. All right, let's uh, let's transition a little bit from that because that was some heavy, heavy stuff there. Um, I want to talk about this because I feel like it's a pillar in your life, and I'm very happy for you. Um. I want to talk about your marriage and, you know, getting married to Corinne, your wife, just, I want to talk about like, kind of like when you guys first met and how your relationship has developed over time from, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend to being husband and wife. And what's it like having somebody like that? Who's like, you know, the one, what's that like? 
it's great, man. Yeah. I'm going to say on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know she's going to listen to this. She's um, like, you better say some more, Ross. She was like, I don't listen to podcasts, but I'm listening to this one. Yeah. No, so basically, um, I've known Karen for probably well over a decade now. Um, she was a senior when I was a freshman. Um, yeah, she's robbing the cradle. <laughs> I'm just might have, to edit, might have to edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much like, I don't know, we just, we kind of started hanging out. Um, you guys started as friends, out. right? Just friends? Just, just friends. Yeah. Um, probably around like the towards the end of my senior year, mm-hmm. um, she was already going to Boise State, and so I think we I think we kind of hit it off from I was interested in like what Boise State was like, so I knew she was already there, so I reached out and kind of started talking with her like how Boise State was, like what's there to do and all this stuff, and kind of just hit it off like there was like a connection. It was like yeah. I, it, it, it's like kind of hard to explain, but it, as like we began to know each other a little bit more and more and more, like it started to evolve, mm-hmm. and eventually it turned into a relationship. Um, and like some people are like, "Oh, was it love at first sight?" And it's like, no, I don't think it was love at first sight. It was just there was just something about her that. I was drawn to yeah you know what i mean um and over the years like like we've grown like our so much yeah you grown guys have... so much like our love yeah. has just like gotten stronger like i don't know it's hard to explain just the little things it's probably the little yeah. things that make it that way but and it's like i notice some couples like they argue and like turn into full-blown arguments like I don't I think we've had one full-blown argument in the last 10 years yeah that's that's a good thing and it's like you guys I, I mean I do agree that will piss her off well yeah that's anybody but but I sometimes I do it deliberately because I know it makes her mad because <laughs> I'm a savage yeah but um yeah, Ro- we, uh, Ross is drinking out of his uh, his wedding cup right now. <laughs> I don't know if you guys will ever see this, but yeah. So we have like 25 of them left. Bro, you guys had but like Like I was saying, um, yeah, we uh, basically been together since we were kids. I mean, the epitome of your high school sweetheart. I mean, granted, yeah. we never hung out in high school, but yeah and so you guys have lived together you guys got married you guys got dogs you finally bought a house together right just closed on our refinance because we just refinanced yeah just closed on that yesterday so the question everyone wants to know is when are you having babies well (laughs) there's uh i will say it's not kind of a tough subject 
I mean, I'm not the only person, I mean, we're not the only couple that's going through it, but mm-hmm. um, like we're struggling. Yeah. Um, just flat out. Like it's, it's not as easy as one would think. Yeah. Um, I think so. it's like harder when you want it to happen, you know, like it's harder to make it happen when you want it so bad. Um, at least talking to people, it seems that way. Yeah. And so like when you don't want it to happen, that's when it happens. When it inconveniences you, then you're like, shit. But no. So, I mean, I mean, I, for now, I think like we're going to continue to try, but I mean, right now, because I'm in, I'm working full time, going to school, she's working full time. Yeah. Um, Just kind of take a slow. I don't think the timing is right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Six months ago, I'd say the timing isn't right, but I'm supposed to graduate next year. So, I mean. Gotcha. All right. On, gotta, let's go. Let's get it started. All right. I got a few more questions for you, man, before we wrap up. So this question might be a hard one to think about, like on the spot, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, if you could tell, your, tell yourself something 10 years ago, what would it be? So think back to when you were, shoot. 16 just a a young teenager what would you tell yourself like if you could give any advice to that that person back then throughout what you've learned over this past decade um the old nike slogan just do it just do it yeah just go for it, man. Like there's no, there's no point in sitting here contemplating on whether or not you should or should not do it. Cause I, in my experience, you're basically, you're not going to do it. And then you're going to miss out on that. Yeah. Like don't, and that's how, don't be afraid to miss out. Just do it. That's how we learn too, by doing things, you know, trying yeah. things, and it's like, you know, no matter making mistakes, like, going through it, going through the exactly. process and just, so, uh, my thing is like failure doesn't define who you are no if anything failure is kind of like the secret man failure is like you fail and then you figure it out because yeah you figure out how to do it so if you fail and you give up that's it like did you did you give up on yourself or did you give up on that and went to focus on something else Mm -hmm. so my thought is failure doesn't define you but how you answer those failures that's what defines you good words my friend good words all right so another question would you change anything that's happened in your life if you could go back and change like a moment or a decision would you change anything or are you are you good with what where your life has taken you because i know we all have regrets but it's like coming to understand that it's okay to have regrets like we are where we are you know but if you could change um, something would you have yeah i would yeah. change not dying yeah <laughs> uh, because like i i know we're kind of going like it might seem like we're going full circle but basically like i had a plan that i was going to follow right out of school yeah, I was going. 
um, honestly, like I was going to graduate. I was going to join the military. I mean, I come from a military family. My dad, my grandfather, my uncle, like my mm-hmm. cousins, both my cousins, one's in the Air Force and one, he just got out of the military a couple of years ago, got out of the Army. Um, literally every male figure that was in my life was in the military. So, I mean, I, that's that I was kind of wow. what you wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was my plan. Uh, Isn't that crazy though? Like things happen and then your life just goes a completely different direction, you know, like, well, yeah. So like you're taught when you're young, like when you're sophomores become a junior, they tell you start applying for scholarships, mm-hmm. start doing this, start applying for grants. That way by the time you graduate, you'll have all these lined up. I'm like, I'm going to join the military. Like, I don't need to do this. So didn't do it my junior year. Senior year rolls around. I go out there and I die on that football field. Oh. Gave everything to that, gave everything to that town, damn it. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm like the epitome, I'm like the poster child for leaving it out out there on the field. Um, but that was my plan and that door closed because I mean, now it was a medical discharge basically. Yeah. So that door's closed and I had to open a new door and I only had six months to do it. Yeah. Crazy. So I just started applying to colleges. I just started playing scholarships, grants, all that stuff all in the middle of my senior year hard times man but you're here today and you know life's not looking too bad for you i think you're in a good spot so speaking of life what do you think your life looks like 20 to 30 years from now this is the last question i'm going to ask you where do you think your life is going to be in like 20 30 years so when we're like in our 40s or 50s where do you think you're gonna Um, be hopefully i'm retired by then yeah i'm trying to retire by the time i'm 50 yeah it's a good goal Um, i would like to have multiple real estate investments i like it um just provide for my able to provide for my future family yeah um Still be a Seahawks fan. Hopefully, they have the Super Bowls. Russell Wilson's still going to be out there slinging that pigskin at 2050, yeah. dude. <laughs> Dang. Man, yeah, I, I really do hope everything that you want happens for you, man, just because you're a great person. You're a great guy. I think that's why we've stayed friends, is just because I know like who you are, what you're about, and I just, I love you, man. I always have, like, you've been one of my best friends. Um, Even though we haven't necessarily been close to each other, it's just always been like, you're kind of like a brother to me. So appreciate it, man. I appreciate you coming on here and giving your your two cents and talking and going around the the merry-go-round of questions and everything. Hopefully I didn't scare you. No, no. The least I could do. I really appreciate having having me on, sharing me with your people. Yeah. You you should start a podcast though, bro. You really should. I would listen. What did I I tell you? Like I wanted to do, I said I wanted to start a hat company. 
you should do that too. You should drop ship hats or do something, man. Like drop just, ship hats. I don't know. There's like so much that I want to do. There's, there's so much I want to do too, bro. That, I think that's the problem. I think we have so many things that we we need to focus more on like just doing like one thing at a time. You know, I think for me, that's probably one of my biggest issues. Is I, I have so much going on. I always like am putting my time into different locations and I just need to focus more, you know, but we'll figure it out. We got plenty of life left, more life. Yeah, like everyone has that million dollar idea. They just yep. act on it. Yep, for sure. All right, man. Well, it was a pleasure talking with you. I think I'm going to wrap this up and uh, let you go to bed because it's getting late over there. It's like 9.30. Come on, I ain't uh, that that's old. true. You ain't that old yet. Anyways, guys, this is my friend, Ross Palmer. If you guys can follow him on Instagram. What's your IG? IG is bang, bang, Roscoe. Bang, bang, Roscoe. That's it. Yep, that's it right there. Bang, bang, Roscoe. You can also follow me on Twitter at Roscoe Reloaded. Roscoe Reloaded on Twitter. So give my guy some love. Follow him. Check him out. His page is funny. This guy is actually like a comedian as well, at least as far as like posting memes and funny stuff. <laughs> like he's a hilarious dude. So um, show some love. All right, guys. So, can I make uh, a request? Go ahead. On the outro of this, I need you to play some WAP. Some WAP. Ah, <laughs> uh, can't do it, man. Can't do it. But uh, that is that is the right. trending trending song right now. Yeah, for sure. Bro, are you really about to dip? I hate those things, dude. What are those things called again? You no, know, Zen should give me a sponsor, damn it. Zen. You know how many this people guy's been. On? This guy's been trying to. He gave me one of those. He's given me several, and it makes me want to throw up, man. Oh, well. All right, I'm going to wrap it up, dude. So appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Hopefully this guest episode is like what you guys were looking for. I know I haven't done a guest episode in a long time, so very happy to finally get one going here. Um, you guys are awesome. You keep leaving five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's, I really appreciate it. Um, you guys can always follow me on Instagram at manzmm. You can DM me there, chat about life, growing, whatever's going on. Open to that. You guys can probably DM Ross too. He's a funny dude, um, but he also is a smart dude. So if you have any questions or anything, I'm sure he'd be open to that as well. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. Until next time, guys, catch you guys later.